Well, it is really great to be with everybody here in Greenfield and Oak Creek and online. I, I tell you, I was thinking about this. I've actually been thinking about this all week, and, and I don't know why, uh, but just thinking about what an exciting uh, just time of year this is, and uh, especially, you know, if you're a Wisconsin sports fan, uh, just thinking about just what the season that we're entering into. I mean, the Bucks just moved into a new, uh, a, a new stadium and just kind of new coach, new team and all that stuff. And the Brewers, as devastating as it is, you know, you're kind of like, ooh, you're this close. And, uh, and then the, kind of the heartbreak of that. But just, just knowing that this is not just a one-season thing, just to kind of see that team and the excitement and knowing that the future is really bright and all that stuff. We got a bunch of high school teams uh, throughout our area that, uh, that are doing really well. And so it's just, it's an exciting time for your sports fan, exciting time, just, uh, uh, just the change of seasons in the fall and, and all that stuff and what comes with that, the leaves and just the beauty of the scenery and all that stuff. But it's also a really exciting time of year for us as a church, as this is the time of year that we do our annual series we call Live Big. And what Live Big is, is, is this, it's just our big annual, Live Big is our big annual generosity and compassion campaign. And when I say campaign, what I mean is, is that our entire church does this. Our kids are going to do this. In fact, they're doing it right now if they're in Ridge Kids. Our students are doing this. Uh, our campuses are doing this online in Oak Creek and here, here in Greenfield. Our groups are doing this. I mean, this is the time where we express our love for God by loving and caring for the people that God loves. And we do this with no strings attached. You know, if you're here and you're not a church person and you're skeptical about church, you have every reason to be skeptical about church. We're so glad you're here. This is a great time. And we hope uh, that you'll take part in what we do as a church here as far as Live Big. Now, if you're new here, the name Live Big actually comes from something that Jesus said. But when you hear what it is, you're going to go, oh, yeah, my mom told me that. My dad told me that or my grandparents told me that. You know, as, as a parent, you know, I told my kids that. And, you know, you just need to know if you did. We plagiarize this from Jesus. You may not know that, but, but we did. Now, what's interesting is when we read this, we don't read this coming from Jesus directly. We actually uh, uh, hear this from Paul, who is quoting Jesus, which means this was probably a core value for them as a church. And so here is Paul. He's giving a farewell speech to some leaders of a church that he started. And in this, he quotes Jesus. Here's what he says. He says, in everything that I did, he's, he's modeling for them leadership, and so he's talking about what he's, what he's shown them over the last uh, season. I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. And the weak was the less fortunate, those that were hurting, those that were suffering, which was a big deal back in Paul's day because the weak were seen as obsolete. You see, back then, uh, the weak were seen as not worthy of help. And so Paul says, hey, the weak were a priority for me. And the reason they were a priority is because they were a priority for Jesus. And I want them, because of this, to be a priority for you. And then he says, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself. In other words, I just want to let you know, I didn't say this. This didn't come from me. It is more blessed. It is happier, better off. Uh, one definition of the word blessed, I just love this definition, is this. It's good that can only come into our lives from God himself. And so he says, it is more blessed, and then here's our punchline, to give than to receive. And so here's what Paul, quoting Jesus, said. He said, giving is greater than receiving. Giving is greater than getting. Now, I don't think Jesus was saying it's a bad thing to get. But if we just prioritize getting, if we just prioritize consuming, we're not going to be better off, and we're not going to be happier. And here's the thing, we all know this, because we have all experienced getting remorse, or we say buyer's remorse, but probably for most of us, we've never experienced giving remorse. 
And so Jesus says, if you want to live a life that is bigger than just your life, and I think all of us here, if we're honest, we want that. We want our lives to matter. We want to make a, a difference with our lives. If to do that, the way to do that, and Jesus would say, we can't do it without this. We prioritize giving over receiving. We prioritize giving ourselves away over getting our own way. Now, personally, I love, doing, I love the fact that we do live big. Because this is our opportunity to make a big difference, not just in our community, but in other communities. I mean, what we do here uh, every day, I think, makes, makes a difference. But this is the time of year where we mobilize our entire church. And uh, we try to make the biggest impact that we, we can make by putting Jesus' words into, a pra into practice and taking a season and practice giving over receiving. Now, I'm going to tell you about uh, kind of the where and the how uh, in, in just a little bit. But before I do that... I want to ask you a question, and uh, it is, it is. I mean, this is such a complicated question, so it, it, it's early. I'm going to start you off with the tough stuff first. Here's a question I'm going to ask you. What makes you angry? What makes you angry? Now, one of the things that makes me angry, just kind of full transparency, is bad and slow drivers, all right? Now, uh, bad drivers, how I would define bad drivers, at least the way I can define bad drivers, is uh, at the Greenfield campus here, if you leave, leave on this side of the building, I think it's the south side of the building, you drive through a Walmart parking lot. Every time I drive through that parking lot, I risk losing my standing with God, so to speak, you know? <laughs> so that would kind of define the bad driving thing. Uh, slow drivers for me, here's how I would define a slow driver. A slow driver for me is anyone who drives the speed limit. And that's kind of a slow driver for me. I mean, I'll, I'll be driving behind someone who's driving the speed limit, and I'll be like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Do you not know that the speed limit really means 10 over? I mean, why are you driving so slow? And I'll sit there, I'll get mad. I'll be having a conversation in the car. Like, how can you believe this person that's obeying the law and kind of going off and all that stuff? And I'll be like, God, can you help them see what I see? Because they're not seeing it right now, you know? And so, you know, bad and slow drivers. I mean, it just make me so mad. Now, here's the thing that you may not know about, about anger and about, uh, and about our anger. 99% of our anger really comes down to this. We don't get our way. You know, when it comes, think about my driving example. You know the reason I get so mad at drivers is because they don't drive the way I think they should drive. You know, think back to a time uh, recently where, where you got mad, where you were angry. And once you peel back that, you know, she didn't and he does and I'm entitled to and they were wrong and they're crazy and all this stuff. You know, here's, here's why you were mad. You didn't get your way. You know, this is why we get angry about some of the dumbest things. Do you remember when you were really mad last month? No, because it's not that big of a deal now. Now, it was a big deal back then, but now you've already forgotten what it was. Now, let me ask you another question. What do you think makes Jesus angry? Now, some of you are like, Jesus gets angry? He does, but he doesn't get angry because he doesn't get our way, his way. He gets angry for a much different reason. Well, if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 3, and if you don't have a Bible, everything's going to be up on the screen here. Now, Mark is actually the second book in what is known as the Gospels, or there's four books in the New Testament that are all about the life of Jesus, that are biographies of Jesus. Mark is the second one, and Mark, the author, many people think that he was actually the personal assistant for Peter. And so the book of Mark is actually the story of the life of Jesus through the eyes of Peter, one of Jesus' closest followers. Now, in Mark chapter 3, we are going to read about a very tense encounter, interaction that Jesus has with some religious people while at church. And in this, we see what makes Jesus 
really angry. Here's how Mark records it. He says this in Mark 3. He says, another time, Jesus went into the synagogue. In other words, this is Jesus going to church. Synagogue is the equivalent of going to church. And a man with a shriveled hand was there. Now, we're not really told how he got the shriveled hand, but this would be the equivalent of what we would call hand atrophy. That is, bones weren't set in his hand properly, and as a result, he couldn't use his hand anymore. Now, because of this, this was an extremely painful and uncomfortable situation for this man. You see, because back then, people with disabilities, people with injuries like this, were actually looked down upon. So for this whole man's, whole man's life, when he walked around, here's what people were thinking or asking themselves when they saw him. They were asking this, what did that guy do to deserve punishment from God like that? And so he spent his whole life, so he is, he's in this situation, people are recognizing his hand, and he is embarrassed, he's ashamed. I mean, it's just like, I just want to run and hide. But then here's how the encounter continues. Some of them, and the them are the religious leaders, uh, were looking for reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Now, there's already a little drama going on in this scene because Jesus is up front. He's been given the mic to teach, so to speak, which was very common because people loved it or the people loved it when he taught because he taught in a way that the religious leaders didn't. And then look what Jesus does here. This is great. So Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, hey, stand up in front of everyone. Now, here's, here's how this is kind of look, because this guy's going like, this is, this is the last thing I want to do. You see, Jesus is the only one in the room standing. And he looks at the man, and he calls him out. He goes, hey, you, shriveled hand man, I want you to kind of stand up here. And so, you know, he stands up. And like I said, he's, once again, if he wasn't already humiliated, I mean, it just, it's got worse and worse and worse because now everybody, if they couldn't before, everybody could see his hand. And then look what Jesus does. Then Jesus asked them, once again, now he's starting to talk to the religious leaders again. And the religious leaders understand these are the ones that are most devoted to God. They're supposed to be devoted to God more than anyone else in the room. He says, hey, which is lawful on the Sabbath? And then he gives them like a multiple choice uh, question. To do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? Now the Sabbath uh, has this meaning of a deep rest. And so the idea was you couldn't work on the Sabbath day. And the religious leaders, they had come up with their own definition of what work was, and it didn't include healing. Work was anything everybody else did, but it wasn't what they did. Now, it's in this encounter right here, at least this point in the encounter, that we get a version of religion that drives Jesus' anger. And here's the version of religion. It goes like this. It's, hey, we're quick to judge, or we judge what other people do, we look at people and we go, did you see what he said? Did you see what she did? <sighs> Man, that person needs some serious counseling, if you know what I mean, you know? And you're like, oh, you know, they say hurt people hurt people. <laughs> that explains that person. But we are quick to give ourselves a pass. It's like, oh, I'm just having a bad day. Oh, you know what? Nobody's perfect. They'll understand. They'll get it. And see, that's what that version of religion does. We look at other people and we go, man, look what they did wrong. But when we do wrong, it's not really wrong. Now, let's go back to our question. He says, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Now, everybody knew the answer there. 
was like, Jesus, come on, give us a harder quiz than this. I mean, everybody knows, you know, you don't want to do evil on the Sabbath. You want to do good. You want to save life. But the religious people that are there, they're smart, they're educated, and they know Jesus is trying to trap them. And why wouldn't he? They were going around, and they were trying to trap him wherever he went. And so Jesus is going, hey, listen, come on, come on, come on, come on. Pick one. Which one do you think it is? And once again, they're all going, Jesus, we know which one it is. Now, the problem for the religious people in the room is that, that for all of them there, they had probably saved an animal uh, on the Sabbath of some, of some kind, or they would have at least. And they definitely would save their spouse, they definitely would save their kids, or they definitely would save someone close to them. And here's what they would say. They would say, well, that doesn't constitute work. That constitute, constitutes doing good, that constitutes saving, and you know what? They've all done this. But there's all this tension in the room. And the reason the tension is there is because they're looking to see if Jesus is going to work on the Sabbath by doing something that they would do or had done. Now, now the question that Jesus asked them is such a convicting question. Because what Jesus is really asking them is this. Is the law of God for the benefit of God or for the benefit of those God's loves? Is what God's asked us to do, you know, is that for God's benefit or for people's benefit? You know, there was another scene where, where, where Jesus said, hey, God didn't create the Sabbath for himself, and he didn't create people for the Sabbath. It would be like, you know, if my wife Donna and I, we said, you know what, we need to have children because we need someone to mow the lawn. Now, it has benefits. I'm going to tell you right now, our kids started mowing the lawn this year. We love it, you know, and all that stuff. It has huge benefits. But, but listen, you know, it doesn't work that way. And so, you know, God didn't say, hey, listen, you know, I need to make some people so they'll keep the Sabbath. But there's that question, is the law of God for the benefit of God or is it actually for the benefit of people? Once again, everybody there knew the answer. The religious people, they knew the answer, but they didn't want to give the correct answer because then Jesus would be right, and they didn't want to give Jesus the win. And so here's, here's how they react. But the religious leaders remained silent, to which everyone else in the room is like, guys, you're smarter than everybody, or at least you're supposed to be smarter. We even know the answer. But once again, they didn't want to give Jesus the win. They didn't want to give in. And so listen, look, look at how they respond. Now, here, you know, here's the thing. At this point in the encounter, and you can kind of just kind of feel the tension in the room and all this stuff. Now it's like, okay, how's Jesus going to react? How would Jesus, how does Jesus react to someone who attempts to use the law of God to hurt the very people that God loves? Here's how he responds. He says, Jesus looked around at them in anger. And that word can mean wrath, indignation, or as my boys like to say, you know, he was really triggered, Dad. And you know what? This is exactly what he was. And so he was indignant at them and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts because, you know, they knew the right answer. And they knew Jesus was right. And they knew the right thing to do by this man who was suffering for probably his entire life. But they were, what was more important for them is not to give in. And so Jesus is indignant at their pride. Then it says, and so he said to the man, stretch out your hand. Now, I wasn't there, obviously, but here's how I kind of think this looked to everybody. 
And so you had Jesus up on the stage. He's got the mic. You know, he's speaking. Uh, man with the shriveled hand is, is over here. And all the religious leaders, they're, they're kind of looking at him, you know, and uh, they're, they're just kind of not saying anything. And so Jesus, he's mad. He, the wrath of Jesus is going on during this service, you know. And so he's looking at the religious leaders, and he's giving them that look, you know, that, that, that guys, you know, that our wives, girlfriends sometimes give us, you know, that, that look that would kill. And, uh, and so he's looking at me, and he's, and he's, but he's talking to the guy. He's going, stretch out your hand. And the guy's like, okay, you know, and he's kind of stretching out his hand, you know, and as, once again, as he's stretching out his hand, I mean, just the embarrassment level for this guy, because that hand is the source of all his shame. It's the reason why he can't work. It's the reason why he can't provide for his family. His, his family's probably starving. He's probably on the verge of losing his kids to debtor, uh, debtors, and he's just lifting his hand. He's going, Jesus, why can't we do this in private? Why do we got to do this in front of everybody? Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out. And his hand was completely restored. I like to think that this guy went from humiliation to jubilation like that. Now, I want you to just kind of put yourself in, in, you're in the crowd, okay? We're all in the crowd for a minute. And, uh, and so we're watching this go on. You know, Jesus is, you know, uh, uh, mad at the religious leaders, which we all like that, you know? He's mad at the religious leaders, and we see the hand, and then all of a sudden, we see the hand get completely restored. How do you think you would react by just watching that? And you're like, man, that's actually, like, legit. I mean, that's, that's, that's real. I mean, I, I think for some of us, we'd be like, <gasps> you know, oh, that was awesome. You know, it was awesome. I think some of us who are maybe more demonstrative, especially if you're like a sports fan, we'd like, you, yeah, Jesus, that was awesome. You know, we're doing this, you know. And, uh, you know, we're, I mean, we're just like, whoa, that was, you know, made some chest bumps. There's high fives. You know, at the very least, all right, at the very least, we're doing the golf clap thing. We're going like, that's pretty good. You know, that was pretty good. But there's some reaction, you know, there's some reaction. This is how, look at how the religious leaders responded. Then the Pharisees, who are the religious leaders, went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Now, the Herodians were supporters of Herod. Herod, who was the, the most, who was the nastiest of all the corrupt kings over Israel, and he represented the Romans, which these two parties hated each other. But at this point, they have something in common. How can we get rid of Jesus? Now, what, what this encounter kind of happened, or what this encounter might have been like uh, for the religious leaders must have been very uncomfortable and challenging at the same time. And you know what? When we think about what happened here, it's the same way with us as well. Because whether we realize it or not, most of us, if we're honest, this is how we would kind of explain faith. We would say, you know, we want a faith. That makes, us, uh, that makes us accountable to how we treat God, not others. It's kind of like, I don't really want to talk about people, but would you just give me the God formula and uh, give me the formula and here's what I need to do to make God happy so I can get what I need from God, and then I just kind of move on with my life. I mean, this was so true back then. When you read about the different interactions that Jesus had with the religious leaders, I mean, this is exactly what would happen. It would be like, okay, here's the law. And we're doing, what we're, supposed to, we're doing what we're supposed to do, and we can just kind of move on. And you know what? The same thing is, is true today. We're like, I don't really want to talk about the people thing that much, and I got this going on. Who cares? Hey, listen, just tell me what I need to do because there's certain things I know I need to do so I can make sure God and I are good. But here's what you need to know. Jesus taught the exact opposite. So do you know what 
makes Jesus angry? This is what makes Jesus angry. A faith that prioritizes God, but ignores what God prioritizes. That prioritizes God. God, you're the most important thing in my life. And I go to church, and I sing songs, and God, I sing on key even. The guy next to me doesn't sing on key. I sing on key, and uh, I just want you, I, I give every once in a while, and I'm in a small group, and uh, God, I do what I'm supposed to do. A faith that prioritizes God, but ignores, overlooks, justifies not, avoids, but overlooks what God prioritizes. And you know what God prioritizes? People. All people. Every single person matters to God. And when they don't matter to us, it makes Jesus angry. Now, here's the thing. This should not be a surprise to us, even though sometimes it's a surprise to us. Because we have all seen or experienced this. We've seen a very religious person, and we've seen them mistreat someone. And then it's like they just kind of went on as if everything was good with, with God in them. And there was just a part of us that just went, oh, there's just something wrong with that. And Jesus was adamant. He said, there is something very wrong with that. And it makes sense when you think about it. Because you can treat me great. You can be nice to me. But you mistreat one of my kids. Things aren't good with us. You see, I cannot prioritize you without prioritizing what you prioritize. And the same thing is true with our Heavenly Father. And Jesus, who modeled this through the gospel, who invited us to follow him, which means... He invited us to do what he did. He comes along and he says, I just want you to do what ultimately I have done for you. And I know you're going to have pushback and you're going to have reasons why you don't want to do it and they did this and didn't do that and all this stuff. But he said, come on, come on, come on. I did it for you. So I want to spin this question in a different way that we started with. Because, you know, we're kind of in a down mood this morning. The Brewers lost. It's like, oh, you know, and the Packers don't matter really because the Steelers do. You know, so we're, we're all kind of, you know, we're, we're all kind of a little bit, little bit off. And so I want to get positive with you because some of you are like, you're like, the anger thing, you know, I'm already angry, you know, and all that stuff. And so I want to give you a positive spin on this question. Here's the question in a positive way. Do you know what makes Jesus happy face emoji? Okay? And I just put the word in there because I thought it looked weird, the happy face emoji. Here's the answer. A faith that prioritizes God by giving ourselves away to what God prioritizes. Once again, what does God prioritize? People, especially the weak, especially those in need, especially the suffering in the world. You see, this is why Jesus did what he did with this gentleman. And it's, it's why Paul, in that farewell speech, he goes, listen, you can forget a lot of things, but don't forget my modeling for you, the concern for the weak. Why? Because this is, what prior, this is what is a priority to God. And giving ourselves away. Do you know why this is important? Because this is God's story. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. He gave Jesus, and Jesus gave his life away for you and for me and for every single person we lock eyes with. And so what that means is a big part of following Jesus is to follow his example. You know, this is why we love to do Live Big, because it gives our church an opportunity to practice doing just that. Now, if you're new, Live Big has three main components to it. And here are the main components. There's the give piece, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. There's the serve piece, and there's the love piece. When we look at the serve piece, what we mean by that is we have these great organizations that we partner with, 
And uh, we want to try to encourage every single person to serve during Live Big at these organizations. And we hope you like it so much that you'll go, can I still serve after Live Big's over? Yes, we hope you like it so much that you'll continue to serve there after Live Big. In fact, one of the things that's been really uh, cool about Live Big is it seems like after every year, I hear more stories of individuals and groups that continue to serve these, these organizations. And I hope our entire church does this. Now, just as a part of Live Big this year, um, in two weeks, we have a special guest speaker coming in uh, that I, I, I'm so excited about. In fact, I hope he doesn't tell you this story, but I was like parked outside his door. And I said, I'm not leaving until you come and speak. And he said, but I'm busy. And I said, but I'm not leaving. He goes, will you leave if I speak? Yes. And so I left finally, and he's agreed to come and speak. And uh, he, he has done so much great work in our community. And he is going to give us a perspective of our community that I can't give you uh, that I, I don't know a lot of people can give you, and you want to be here in a couple weeks because that perspective is such a powerful thing. It's going to challenge our church and encourage our church, and so you want to be here in a couple weeks. Now, today is the give peace, and when I say give peace, I mean I want you to give financially, and we give 100% of it away. We don't keep a penny, no shipping and handling or anything like that. Now, as a church, our strategy has always been that we go to, we identify organizations that are just making a huge difference. And instead of competing with them, we partner with them. And we go to them and we say, how can I serve you? What can we do? What can we do that if we did this for you, it would help you make an even bigger difference than you already are? And then we get an answer, we get a bunch of answers, and so we compile the list. And as a part of Live Big, we want to try to meet as many of those needs as possible. Now, all of people ask me, Mark, do you have a financial goal for Live Big? Kind of. I don't mean to waffle, but kind of, all right? Kind of. Uh, the main goal for Live Big for me is really this. This is kind of my prayer. I just, I just want 100% of our people to participate in Live Big. That's, that's, that's really what I want. If, if, if we get that, good things are going to happen. Now, last year as a part of Live Big, as a church, uh, we raised $50,000 that we just gave away uh, as a church. And here's the thing, we've gotten bigger, and Oak Creek now has got a year under their belt. They've gotten stronger. We've got a bigger online community. And here's the thing, I just don't want us to go backwards. And remember, we're giving all of it away, okay? So we have an opportunity to bless even more people as a church. Now, I want to take a minute and just kind of share with you some of the organizations or some of the organizations that we're supporting this year. So on my right, on your left, there's a basket under your chair. I want you to grab that basket. Oak Creek, same thing. And uh, there's one of these in this basket. I want you to take one and pass it down. And uh, I just want to highlight a couple of them. I, I don't have time to highlight all of them. There's so many good ones here. Uh, I just want to highlight a few of them as we, as we kind of build into uh, Live Big. But just the bottom one, Rise Against Hunger. Rise Against Hunger is an organization that provides food for communities in crisis. And so what we're going to do as a church is, uh, with both of our campuses doing this in the same day, we are going to have a day where we try to pack 125,000 meals. And these meals are going to go and serve people in a community that's in crisis, where they just don't have access to food at this point. And so we're going to get a chance to do that. Now, as a church, uh, as, as far as Live Big, I don't like to promise things up front because we just kind of like to wait. For us to do this, we got to bring in $20,000, and we got to do it pretty quickly because that's going to pay for all the stuff and all that. And so that's the only one we have an upfront thing. But I know just in this service alone, we'll, I mean, I'm sure right, we're going to have $20,000. So I'm not even worried about that. Okay, another one, Exploit No More. 
Exploit No More, is an organization that's dedicated to ending uh, sex trafficking in the greater Milwaukee area. Some of you are like, that's a problem in our area? A huge problem in our area. And they have a, a, they purchased a Freedom House, which is a house where, uh, where people coming out of sex trafficking, teenagers coming out of sex trafficking, kids coming out of sex trafficking, uh, they can be protected, cared for, uh, ministered to by professionals and all that stuff. And so they need some help with some of the operational overhead of that. And we were like, yeah, we'd love to help. We'd love to help. Uh, the organization right net, next to Exploit No More, Hope Street. Uh, Hope Street is a, an organization that, that provides housing and education and care for uh, families in need. And they have just broken ground on a three-story, 21,000-square-foot uh, community center. And we want to give a gift towards that. And I tell you, I've spent some time down at Hope Street, and it is a phenomenal organization. I hope some of you, your groups, you will go down to Hope Street and just get a tour, find out more about it, and it's just a great organization that you can, you can serve with on a regular basis, and I hope you do that. Uh, last one I want to uh, just point to, Hunger Task Force. Most of us have heard of Hunger Task Force. Uh, they're the only food bank in Milwaukee that does not charge for the food delivery and the network, and the network membership. What we want to do, as I said earlier, we want our whole church involved. Our Ridge kids at both of our campuses are actually going to ha have a food drive where they try to collect, collect 1,000 pounds of food, and uh, it's going to go to food banks in the area. Now, if you have kids that are in Ridge kids, let me just encourage you this, parents, mom, dad, do not do this for them. Do this with them. We want them to get the full experience of this, and so you just do this with them. Now, there's other organizations on here uh, that I don't have time to go to. I hope that you'll, you'll get on our site, look more into these organizations. They're just phenomenal organizations that we want to, as a church, bless for Live Big. Now, last year when I did this, I had to have a starting point for, for individual giving. Like, like what, is the, what do you want us to start with? What's the reference point for every individual that you want them to give? And so here, here was the starting point last year. I said, I want every person, individual, to give $39.95. $39.95. Remember that, $39.95? You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get that, I get that. Well, I want to let you know, there's been a price increase this year. All right, here's the price increase. $40. It's been going up by five cents. And really just for round numbers, you know, because you know, $39.95 is harder to add and all that stuff. And so we, we've had a price increase to $40. Now, here's the thing. For every individual, I want to do this. For some of you, you are here, and you are just going through a, a difficult time. And um, you, you lost your job, and you're like, oh, Mark, I can't, I can't give anything. Listen, that's okay. It's okay. This is a no-guilt zone place. And so you can sit this one up maybe from a financial standpoint, but I want to encourage you to be involved from a serving standpoint, because we know your time's going to come at a different time. Now, for others of you, once again, it's been a tough job season for you. Maybe you were full-time, and now you're part-time, and you're like, Mark, we're hardly making rent and all that stuff. I could maybe only give $10 a person. That's okay. That's okay. It's, you contribute what you can contribute. Now, for some of you, you're like, I want to do the 40. I want to do the 40, uh, but that would mean I, I wouldn't be able to go to Starbucks for a couple days. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't be able to go out for dinner one night and all that stuff. Listen, if you're struggling with that, that is a very good thing because this is what we want you to do. We want you to take a season and go, okay, wait a minute. What does it mean to give to others first instead of myself? But for most of us, let's be honest, $40 per person is not that big of a deal. I mean, we, you know, our cable bill's higher our cell phone bill is higher. I mean, it's, it's not really much of a, a challenge for us. But here's what I want, I want you to do. I want to challenge you to challenge yourself and your family. And I want you to look at things, uh, expenses that you start to spend on yourself. Maybe it's entertainment or, or whatever it is. And for a season, a short season, go, okay, family, here's what we're going to do. Yes to others, 
no to us. Yes to others, no to us. The prayer I want you to pray, I want us to all pray this, is God, how do you want us to give ourselves away for what you prioritize? And if that answer is, is 40, if it's, if it's 100, if it's 140, if it's 400, if it's 4,000, I just want you to do it. Our family's already given, and we, we've been stretched more than we ever have. We actually, leading up to Thursday night, because that's when we started to live big, we had two families, two families, $3,000 already gone. And so this train, is, this, this train is going, and it's exciting to see what's happening. Now, I want to push you a little bit more. I'm going to push you a little bit more. Don't raise your hand on this, okay? If you do, it's going to embarrass you, and you can if you want. That's fine. Don't raise your hand. How many of you ever purchased something on TV or on the internet for $39.95? Where is it now? Now, for many of us, we would say this. We would say, uh, it's either broken or I sold it at a garage sale. It was, oh, I had to have. And I was like, oh, what a waste of money that is. Now, as a part of Live Big, we get to do something with $40 or more than $40. And, and, and here's the thing. It is going to matter to other people a year from now. And I can tell you exactly where it is, and you won't regret doing it. You know, as a church... Over the last five years, uh, we've given away roughly $200,000. And I think about this. I think, well, that's gone to, in our community and the communities to help people in need. And why are we so committed to doing this? Why? Because Jesus made it very clear that God measures our commitment to him against our behavior, generosity, and compassion to others. God doesn't measure our commitment to him just based on our commitment to him. That is way too easy. Plus, he's called us to a life that is bigger than just this life. He says, I, I, wanna, I will measure my commitment, your commitment to me based on your compassion and generosity to those around you. And it makes sense because God gave his all. And so he has just asked us to do the same thing. Same thing. It's by that we show our love for God. Now, this is why we do this corporately as a church. We just think the church should be known in the community for being generous. Uh, a couple months ago, I got a call from a friend of mine who, who a great friend, he, he would be described as an anti-church person, all right? He'd be like, I don't go to church, nor ever I want to, don't talk to me about it. But we become good friends, and so he calls me, he works at a district level in the school system, one of the school systems, and he said they had one of these district meetings, where they had a bunch of districts together, so they had 50 bigwigs uh, from a bunch of the school systems together, and he said, he goes, so, so we're having this meeting, and someone raises their hand. And, uh, and said, hey, can I say something? I know we're not talking about this. And uh, this person, who happened to be a principal, says, if you are looking for a true partner for your school, you need to reach out to the Ridge Community Church. We've started working with them over the past year. And, and I tell you what, they, everything that they said they've done, they have gone above and beyond. They're classy. They're humble. They are interested in serving our school. Listen, they have made a true difference in our school. I just think you should, you should work with them. That's it. And my friend's like, yeah, I know you probably think your church gets bad press all the time, but you just needed to know that was happening. And here's, I'm hanging up the phone. I'm going, that's it. That's it. That's it. We just think people should look at the church and the community and go, hey, they're here, and we're so glad they are. So here's how you can give. If you're a digital person, text COMPASSION to this number right here. Oak Creek, it's the same thing for you. Online, online. Listen, it's so easy to watch and not engage. We need you engaged, and so you're going you're gonna to get some directions uh, from the online team there. I want to encourage you to do this as well. Now, for some of you, like, I'm not a digital person. That's okay. We take paper. 
We take paper. And so you have a check. You can write out a check. Just put live big in the memo. Put it in an envelope there. Maybe you're a green person. I love giving green. That's fine. That's fine. Just put it in an envelope. And, uh, and then you just put live big on the envelope right there. And then on your way out, there, there, there's some things there that you can do. I can't remember what they are. Baskets, whatever they are. You can set them in there. Oak Creek, same thing. And it all goes towards live big as far as that's concerned. So here's, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. As a church, we're going to do this together. We're going to start off live big together. So the band's going to come up, play some music. And as they play some music, there's some of you who are like, I know what I want to give, I want to give, I want to give. Great, you, you do that during that time. For some of you, like, can I just take some time to pray? Yes, yes, you can do it during that time. Now, for others of you, you are just being challenged. I hope all of us are being challenged, but you are challenged. And you're going like, okay, Mark, I need to have some conversations in the car. Or I need to make a phone call. Because if I do this without her permission, we ain't married anymore. And I'll be living smaller for quite some time. All right, okay, I get that. Take the time to do that, because here's the thing. You can, give, you can give it any time during Live Big. You can give as many times as you want during Live Big. Because, like I said, we just, I mean, we just want you to be generous, 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 generous. So during this time, uh, you're going to get the opportunity to do that. And then what's going to happen is, is that the band is going to invite everybody to stand, and then uh, we're going to respond uh, to God with a song, what we've been talking about all, all, all here today. And then after the song, I'm going to come up, and Forrest is going to come up in the Oak Creek campus, and then I just want us as a church, I just want us to pray for God to do big things uh, during this season because there's so much at stake uh, for what we do here over the, over the next couple of weeks. So once you take out your phones, get ready to pray, and let's start doing this together now.